All right, bradcooney.com would like to welcome to the show paranormal researcher and host of her own show, Storming the Unknown, which can be found at paranormalwarehouse.com. Miss Ashley Storm, welcome to the show. Hello. Now we're talking. Now I can hear you. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a minute since we've uh, announced this, so it's nice to finally get you in the hot seat, and we'll talk a little paranormal stuff. Yes, I am very, very excited because I don't, well, I get to be on this side of it sometimes, but being mm-hmm. on this side of it with you is even more fun. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and, and you know, I, I kind of can relate because I've been doing the podcast for many, many years, and then our film came out, and all of a sudden I was on the other side, so it's like, I can totally relate to where you're coming from. Yes, and I got you on the uh, premiere night, too. <laughs> you did, you did, that was crazy, that was a great, fun, fun time. All right, so this is all about you, so um, let's start off by bringing my listeners um, a little info, a little up, up to speed on you, like what, um, I guess tell my listeners a little bit about your background, like what, 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 what got you to this point, uh, you don't have to get into like every little nooks and cranny, but give, give my listeners a little bit of a synopsis of who you are and how you got here. Well, as he said, I am Ashley Storm, but um, I grew up in Guam, which our culture in itself is very old school, I guess you could say, is the nicest way to put it. Um, We still go to medicine men up on the top of a hill. We still believe that all of our ancestors are basically watchers and protectors of the island. And so when people like tourists and stuff break our rules, our ancestors get a little mad and a little vengeful. (laughs) So I grew up just always around that type of culture, always believing in spirits, ghosts, entities. And when I moved stateside to New Orleans, I realized that that wasn't a normal thing. (laughs) And so I kind of had to reel it back in. And then when I got older, I realized that there were just so many people in this world who either had the same abilities that I had or the same stories or the same type of passion for this. The paranormal community is huge. It's insanely huge. I did not fathom that it would even be that big. So I've gotten a lot of help. I've gotten a lot of um, amazing advice from some of the most amazing people. And... I just want to share that with everybody. I don't think that my goal is necessarily like everybody else's, and that's completely fine. Everybody has their own end game. But for me, more than anything, this is about educating people how to interact with spirits and energies the right way, the proper way. Awesome. So um, how old were you when you came here to the States from Guam? Uh, eight or nine. So you were a little girl. You you're, you're young. Mm-hmm. Very little. And, yes. it's, and it's pretty cool that you that you landed in, like, one of the most haunted cities <laughs> in America. <laughs> like, New Orleans is, like, wicked haunted, man. My favorite thing, my favorite saying uh, when I tell people when we go on tours and stuff down there is, you throw a stone in any direction and you'll hit something hard. Yeah. Because there's so much history, there's so much torture, there's so much pain. A lot of New Orleans history is dark. Um, So you have a lot of that negative energy just kind of mired Mm -hmm. in that place. And it's beautiful, but it also can be kind of freaky. 
well, always freaky, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah. used to it, I guess. Yeah, New Orleans is right down the street from where I live, basically. It's just a couple-hour drive down there, and so I've spent quite a bit of time in New Orleans, and it's very, very old, and like you said, it it really encompasses a lot of, uh, I mean, it, it, it's civil war, it's, it's colonial, it's even mm-hmm. pre that. I mean, there's, you know, when the French settled, and so tons of history and a lot of reasons for spirits to be lurking about in New Orleans. Um, so, but what was it, and how old were you when you transitioned from just being an eight-year-old, eight-year-old girl from Guam? In, you know, you come to New Orleans. Now you live in in Louisiana. So, what was it that actually made you get into the paranormal field as an investigator? Uh, I had always been hesitant of doing it because a lot of what we see, you know, was TV, and this was before the new Ghost Hunter show was out, mm-hmm. where they're nowhere near as disrespectful. They're not disrespectful at all. Um, you know, just the way that they investigate is very different. But before that, we just had. And I had never watched um, Ghost Nation or the other shows. I grew up with Ghost Adventures. Mm-hmm. And I could barely watch their episodes mm. because we're dealing with human beings. Regardless of what form they're in now, they were human beings at one point. And um, just like I said, seeing the way that they get disrespected, seeing the way that people treat them, it's also harmful for those people going in and investigating like that as well. You have no idea what you're opening yourself up to, to have an attachment, something that can follow you home and attach to a family member. And you're also leaving that energy and that location for others to deal with, which is very irresponsible. When you leave that negativity, when you leave that anger, when you leave that hostility in a location, that just gets taken out of the next group of people that comes in after you. So I wanted to change the way that, people did that and by educating and giving everyone a safe space basically to learn how to do it was what made me say fuck it uh, I'm going to finally go ahead and do it uh, I was it was only about two or three years ago I started doing it officially but I've had I hate the word psychic and I hate the word medium because I grew up with Comus uh, Cleo and she'll tell you your fortune now yeah we're going to talk know? about mediums and psychics in a little bit so, so oh, yeah. that just it drives me crazy I because people always think it's hokey you know but I know what I've dealt with my entire life I know what I've seen and I stayed very quiet for a very long time because I did not feel comfortable I felt like everybody thought I was going to be crazy and then when I found out there were like I said a crap ton of people in the paranormal I was like yes fellow people to be weird with and finally found my safe space. Yeah. For the most part. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, a lot of people think that I've been in the field for like many, many years, which is not true either. I'm only in this thing a few years. I just happened to hit the lottery and walk into like a really, really freaking haunted house that became a film and then it blew up. That was your first experience wasn't it was not your first like, that was my first experience with paranormal stuff i mean i i've yeah. seen some pretty cool ufos you know when i was in the navy and in a few years back before i got into paranormal stuff but yeah first time for me to experience paranormal activity was when i walked into uh the mississippi house which is now of course the house in between so yeah pretty wild um and you're right the, the field is very it is spread out it's global it's a worldwide thing there's paranormal interest all over the world um and you know unfortunately though sometimes when you have so many people like that 
you're going to have some bad apples. It's like any other genre. There's always yes. going to be bad apples no matter what genre you're in. Anything, yes. Yeah, for sure. But I've really met some freaking really, really good people in this field, too. More, more I, good than bad. Yes, the good totally outweigh the bad. And, yeah, agree. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the things that has been happening a lot lately is one of the people that I first started working out with has apparently just been messaging every network that I'm on now and every person that even shares my stuff and just trying to badmouth me. Mm. And that that doesn't just happen to me. It happens to everyone. And then everyone just kind of makes it seem like this just happens in the paranormal. When we just, we deal with difficult people in everyday life. It doesn't just have to be grouped into paranormal people are being buttholes, but they can be huge buttholes. Oh, like yeah. They can't do anything. But you saw what I posted the other day. I mean, it's got, it's got kind of crazy. Here's the thing. The thing, something my grandfather told me a long time ago, it still holds true. It's just a, it's just a short but very true little quote or little saying, whatever you want to call it, but it's success breeds hate. So whenever you are succeeding at something, let's take you for example, your show's doing well, people, more and more people in the field are, are getting to know who you are. Um, when Ashley Storm or Brad Cooney was obscure and nobody knew who we were, we didn't have many haters, right? It's just because we, didn't, we weren't that relevant. But once you start achieving success, no matter what it is, and, you don't have, and it doesn't have to be monetarily, it could just be recognition-wise or respect-wise. Once your stock goes up, then the haters come out. It's just like any, it happens all the time. When I was in the boxing thing, in the mixed martial arts thing, nobody hated me until I, until I published my first book. Once I became a published author, all of a sudden all these freaking haters trying to knock my legs out from under me. So that's probably a little bit what you're experiencing now. Yeah, it's like thinking more money, more problems, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. You know, whenever that happens, man, you just 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 know that if people are hating you like that and they're and they're trying to like tarnish your reputation and emailing people trying to railroad you, that that's when you know you won. That's when you know you're good because if you didn't matter, if you were obscure and irrelevant, nobody would be doing that shit. So keep keep doing your thing. I think it just bothers me the most, though, because isn't it ironic that I'm the founder of a bully busting group, like a crisis resource group for bully bus, like for bullying at any age, for stomp out bullying, and I'm getting bullied. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It, it I've never though. been bullied like this until I was an adult. Like, when I was younger, I was always the person who stepped in to the bully. I was always the defender of the little guy. And it's just, it's kind of weird. And I've always been able to be empathetic with people when they get bullied. But now that it's, you know, as a grown woman, by grown men, <laughs> and it just be being behind a keyboard and very much verbal and mental more than anything, um... It's very, it takes you aback and it makes you very aware of what people are dealing with in just everyday life mm -hmm. that, that aren't even, you know, where we are. And it's probably worse for these people, and I feel so bad. So I do want to mention that before anything else since we're talking about bullying. The Paranormal Bully Busters, if you follow that on Facebook, we give crisis resources for literally 
everything. Suicide prevention, um, nice. AA, NA, um, soldier and vet and army resources. Mm. Um, we do domestic abuse victims, nice. child abuse victims, um, kidnapping. I mean, when you, every single crisis resource that you can think of, we have it on that website and we use our social media platforms to get those numbers and those resources out and for stop out bullying. Well, that's fantastic. Great cause. And keep doing your thing. You know, the haters are going to be there no matter what, but you have a whole lot more love and support from people. I mean, I see, you know, that you're following on social media and everybody who follows me is supports you. I know that much. Unless they're just being this little closet morons. But, <laughs> but that could be, but uh, you just keep doing your thing. They you can know, stay in the closet. Then exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, so... Um, you said you've been doing this a few years as far as actually researching and things like that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about paranormal investigating. Um, like as far as equipment wise, what do you have like a favorite piece of equipment that you use when you when you investigate? I recorded my video camera. See? Everything else is Me everything else is flare and jazz and it's it's nice because the scientists and me because I have a very big science background, um, and I've been researching this way longer than I've actually been practicing it, but, you know, I finally got out into the field doing it, because mm -hmm. I was just like, man, everybody else is doing that, and I can't do. Yes. <laughs> um, and just the basics. All Everything else, from a scientist's point of view, is awesome, because if you have all these different <clears throat> tools and instruments to use, and you can coincide the data, or you can see how different things work in certain environments together, the more that you have to collect, the more samples that you have to collect, the better. Yeah. But when it comes down to the paranormal, because a lot of the times when we buy those fancy gadgets and stuff, we don't know how they work. We, we barely know how they work. So how can we say that what's coming through there <laughs> is legitimate? So a camera and a voice recorder, because those were always going to be the most significant pieces of, and I don't like the word evidence, but um, captures. Yes. You know what it is? It's, it's, I'm so glad you answered that way because I agree. My favorite equipment is a, is a, is a digital recorder, um, mm -hmm. a camcorder, and a camera. And I do like thermal imagery. I like thermal cams too, where you get different heat signatures and things like that. Yes. Um, but but that but that's raw. That's the hunter in me, though. That's raw. That, <laughs> yeah, but that's raw data. That's why I like it so much. I don't like spirit boxes because basically a spirit box to me, well, not to me, but I mean it is. It is what it is. It's just a radio receiver, and it's just scanning frequencies and all these little voices people say are EVPs. In my opinion, they're just little snippets of DJs and like and like people radio hosts and, and when and you ask certain questions your mind is already perceived to a certain answer or how somebody would respond to that answer you know yeah, exactly so when you're listening for that answer of your mind can do lots of things that's why I also don't like going into locations and um, knowing what another group has experienced beforehand yeah because if you go in with that mental acumen beforehand that this is going to happen this is going to happen or this has happened right you can actually manifest these things or you right. can trick yourself into thinking that that's what you heard you know you go home or listen to it two or three weeks later with a fresh set of ears and you realize that oh that's that's actually not what i heard mm -hmm. you should always have an open mind and do not have zero expectations 
for anything mm -hmm. because a preconceived notion can always mess with your evidence. So uh, true. Quote unquote evidence. <laughs> so true. It's 100%. Um, EVPs, spirit box EVPs are, are, are pretty much garbage in my opinion. Now I do, I am intrigued by EVPs that you capture on digital recorders, especially direct response type stuff, and especially if it's within context of what you're asking or talking mm -hmm. about. Those are, those are the ones that make me happy. Yes, we have. Oh, I have a bunch I can send you then. <laughs> oh, well, I have a few too. I can, we can swap. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, you know man. I love it. Yep. Um, all right. So, what about psychic medium? So, here, let me just give you my take on it real quick. Um, I do believe that a minority of people who say they have psychic abilities do. I think a majority of them are full of shit. That's pretty much my take on it. Uh, yeah, that's why I don't like calling myself one, because, like I said, there's so many people out there who use that word, yep. and then, you know, ask a bunch of personal questions, and then anybody who can read someone well enough mm. and take context clues in well enough can be a psychic or a medium. Right. That's why I hate, I do not like those words. I do not like them, and I have met some of the craziest ones out there. And my thing is, and I don't know why anybody would do this, but I was terrified when I was younger to come out and say, there's a there's a person that I'm pretty sure you, like, you can't see him. Nobody else acknowledges this person in the room with mm -hmm. us talking to me. And I can't say anything because they're going to think I'm nuts, right? I mean, I watched uh, The Sixth Sense when I was really young. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have the little Haley Joe Osment for seeing the dead people. Um, <laughs> they thought he was cuckoo. I was not going to be him. Um, I just, it's, it's scary. When it's mm -hmm. real, it's scary. And it's not something that you flaunt. And it's not something that you're charging people for. Right. Um, that to me, unless that's like your only job and you have a business license for it, good for you. You know, you're using your power for good. I would hope so. Um, but it really is. It's appalling. And mm -hmm. we'll have people jump on our lives that start spouting off. Oh, I see this. I see that. Or, oh, I know. I, I, I can't stand that. Like, I can't stand that. You should have seen my direct. You should have seen my inbox when when our film came out. When our film came out, Ashley, I'm not kidding you. Not without exaggeration, I probably had three to four hundred alleged psychics that are hitting me up inbox, trying to tell me what's going on at inside the house that we just investigated for a combined fifteen years. Eleven years, right? Well, oh, a combined. I mean, I <laughs> well, four for me now, and then John's been in there over eleven. So combined, we're like we're at fifteen years combined experience in there now. Mm -hmm. You know, four years for me, eleven for John. So whenever somebody who says they're a psychic is trying to tell me, like one said that there's a child upstairs that that burned to death in the house. So like, first of all, nobody's ever died in that house. It was built in 1990. And we know for sure there was never been a death in there ever, especially not a murder or or a fire in that house. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that turned into an argument and a block. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so what I do want to know though, since you have some abilities, are what are they? I mean, do you do you see spirits? Do you hear them? What are you? What is your gift? 
that's what I've been learning about being in this. You know, you can research it all you want online, but you're going to get some pretty weird answers. Dealing with it firsthand with people who actually know what they're talking about. And I know these ladies are freaking magical. They're they're insane. Um, I don't know what to call it. I can read people's feelings. I can see that's humans. I can see spirits. I can talk to them. I hear them quite a bit. They're louder than the humans are. Um, I apparently can dream walk, which I didn't even know was a real thing, but it explains a lot of crazy shit that has happened in my life. Um, I also have, what is it, some type of healer thing that she said? I don't know. Some of it I'm still trying to wrap my head around, but I know I can see them. I know I can talk to them. I can read people's feelings and thoughts. Um, sometimes it's completely by accident. If somebody, I, that's why I hate being out in public. If somebody's having a bad enough day, I can feel every single thing that they're going through and kind of read what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'll start breaking down like in the middle of Walmart <laughs> because I feel this person's pain. Um, and really with people that I'm close to, it's super weird. I can tell a lot of my friends still live from Louisiana. I live in Texas now. Um, I can just tell when they're having a bad day, their color comes through. And then depending on what kind of chill I get, I know whether or not it's bad or good. Hmm. And I'll text them. You can, I'll let you ask all of my friends. They think I'm a witch. They think it's real weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they're super supportive. They're super sweet. They have always known that I was crazy. Uh, <laughs> and um, reading, what is it? Um, she told me the name of the last night. If I hold objects with people's energy, I can read stuff. Hmm. And like um, viewing things. I think that falls underneath the category of that holding somebody's energy. I cannot remember the word she used. It was so, very, very interesting. So let me ask you this. When you say you can see spirits and you can talk to them, mm-hmm. give me a real example of something that really happened where a spirit break it down for my listeners like what happens like all of a sudden like you actually see the body the physical body of a dead person and they and they come to you and how does that conversation start like what happens and like when how does it end okay so one of my favorites is actually bonnie and Clyde. you know about the ambush museum um and david can attest to how insane that place is But um, it ended up becoming very personal for me. It takes sometimes hours to gain their trust, especially if you can see them and they're not hidden from you. They do sometimes just appear. A lot of them, if they don't want to be seen, they don't need to. Uh, If they want you to see them, you can. Sometimes I don't even think that I'm meant to see them, if that makes any sense. Like, the way that they move is kind of like, oh, shit, she saw me trying to hide. the talking, the talking is a completely different story. When I walk into a location, it's like they bombard me because with audio. Reason, so you hear audio, you hear like voices uh-huh, bombarding uh-huh. you, and is yes. it usually questions or like asking who are you or why are you here? Like what kind mm-hmm. of things do you hear? Not questions. Usually, they're telling me either their stories or I need to tell somebody this. I need to tell somebody that. Like just messages they need for people. Okay. Apparently, and I didn't know this, this was another thing that I learned along the way with other people who had the abilities, 
um, they see our colors the way we can kind of see them. Like our auras to them are different people who have that ability. So they know that we're like an open portal, basically. They know that we can see them and communicate with them. So that's why we always get hit like that when we get into locations. So how long is a conversation? Like, like, give me an example of like a conversation that you had that you can remember that you want to talk about. Like, like what, what happened? I was asking Bonnie what had happened because I kept getting flashes of a baby from her. Mm-hmm. Just a baby. I kept getting flashes of a baby, and I, I was asking, what about the baby? Why, why do you keep showing me a baby? And through the spirit box and an EVP, and you guys can look at this on my um, YouTube channel, on Profoundly Paranormal, the Bonnie and Clyde documentary, and she comes through in a full sweep and says, they took my baby. Okay, so hold on. Let me just jump in there. Because that we just jumped from audio that that i thought you were talking about in your head i can hear it i can hear when she's responding to me but this was captured too like you you hear me having this conversation with her and then all of a sudden the the spirit box that had been pretty silent the whole night just comes through with a full sweep while i'm still talking to her about the baby i could hear her saying it but you guys can hear it too like she was sitting there and having a conversation with me um, and then when I asked about the baby again, I had stopped recording for a while because it started getting kind of personal. And she told me that she had been pregnant when she, they were gunned down. Hmm. And so come to find out, like, I think it was two, three months after this investigation, I come across a document that was signed by a doctor about two months before they had been killed or a month and a half. It wasn't even really that long before they'd been gunned down in Gibson that she was in a delicate state. And back then that meant pregnant. I was never supposed to have a child. Mm -hmm. And she thanked me. She thanked me. She cried. It was one of the most beautiful things because she finally got somebody to hear her story. I was never supposed to be able to have a child. I've been told since I was 13 years old it was never physically possible. To say it was just never going to happen for us. Hmm. Um, about four months after that investigation, I found out I was pregnant. Here comes Ollie. Here he comes, and, folks. Here he comes. Uh, Great. Come to find out, my conception date was that weekend. Wow. I was at the museum. Oh, wow. That, that is interesting. One of the ladies who, you know, can see and feel all this stuff, too, she's like, that was a gift. You helped her get closure for her child, and you pulled some strings or something on the other side and gave you one. Wow. And That's pretty intense. I mean, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. When you can help them, this the those attachments you form because they are they're humans regardless of whether or not you can see them they're humans and they need help just like anybody else so it's, it's a truly beautiful thing you you can actually watch channeling sessions we're all channel uh energies and spirits in certain locations and there's one at the Islanios Museum with Mr. Bill where I actually channel one of his friends that had passed away that was still chilling at the museum and just have a full-on conversation with him as this other lady, basically. 
and don't even have any recollection of it. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. So, okay, so separate from the from the Bonnie um, episode or whatever, what do you call it? The conversation you had. Do you have? Other examples of when you're not in investigations, like you're just home chilling in the spirit. I guess yeah, oh basically. Okay, so what? I, all the time. So, all right. So here's my thing. I, I know me really well. So if I had the ability to actually speak to spirits and hear them and even see them, I would be like how me and you or me and anybody talk to them. I'd be like, "Yo, tell me what happens when we die." I'd ask him questions like that. I'd be like. What what like what's what what happens like what how did you die? I would just ask him straight up questions like how did you die? What happens? Did you walk through a tunnel? Was there a light? Break it down for me. Like what 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 do I have to look forward to like when I die? Those are the questions that I would be asking if I had that I've ability. I've never had that question answered. A lot of the times when we're talking about the light, that's why they're still here. They're afraid of the light. These are people who were either, a lot of the people that I've encountered, I think just maybe because of the area that we're, we usually investigate in, especially for residentials, um, that it's very Bible Belt, very, um, you know, you do this, you're basically fucked. And these were kind of not so great people in life. So when they do pass, they're always afraid of the light. Because what happens when you go there? What happens after that? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think I've ever asked that to one that just roamed in here. Now that I, like, my mind doesn't work that way. I just, I play with them almost. I don't ask, like, serious questions. Of, like, yeah, I mean, everybody's do different. Do you like this TV show? Everybody's different. I mean, I, I just know like how how I am. I would be very curious to because like what's the what's the age old question? The question that everybody That's why wants. We all do this. Everybody what? wants to know why? what happens. Like what happens to us yes. after we die? So if I had the if I had the ability to actually talk to dead people and see them, especially, oh man, I mean, I would be looking so forward to like having that first encounter and say, all right, look, man, I want to help you out, but I want you to help me out. You know, give me some information. Like, what what happens? Like, like why? Like haven't... I said, though, a lot of them that are still here, the ones that we can communicate with, the ones that are still on this planet, the ones that are not passed over. When they died, their body just they stayed. They didn't see anything. They probably saw the light. They a lot of them say they saw the light, but they don't go to it. They can still visibly see the light. As a lot of what we get back from them, they can still see the light. And you can guide them into it. What about the this question? Kind of follows them. Almost. This is a question. That, this is a question that I want you to ask the next spirit that you actually have a contact with. And this is kind of funny, but it's also. Hold a, on, let me get a pen. It's actually kind of funny, but it's also. But I'm also being serious. I hope that, like, when when we cross over, or, or even like like in this case, you say that people that you talk to, they they they're they're legit dead. But they mm -hmm. haven't moved on. Um, yes. But wherever they are, I mean, obviously they're not in the physical world no more. They're in some kind of a spirit world, right? So, is there a code of ethics over there? Can they just walk <laughs> in anybody's house and watch two people making love or going to the bathroom? Or you know, this is a crazy question, but it's a, it's a legit question. Like you know, it just made me think of Beetlejuice. How they get the beginner's guide for? Yeah. You know. <laughs> like a whole exactly. 
This is a question that I would ask somebody, and I'm, I'm trying to be funny here, and this is, this is, again, getting back to why I know me. If I ever had the ability to speak with somebody who's, a, like, legit spirit, I would ask them that question. Like, like what, what can you see? Is there anything that polices your side of things to where you, you just can't, like, ghost up in somewhere, you know, into a hotel room and spy on people? You guys have boundaries and rules like we see. Seriously, in that, don't, don't you think that's a fair question? I think that's a fair question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. See, but that's what I don't. I don't know. I don't ever ask questions. I just have the conversation. So that's funny because again, but if you I don't have think that, I've ever thought of it that way. So it's very. <laughs> well, I want you to start thinking that way because I think if if if, if I mean, if you have a gift like that, like you you say you do, and I believe you. By the way, I believe you. I believe you're legit. If you have a gift like that, why not seize upon like every thirst of knowledge that you can? If you can actually legit talk to somebody who's actually experienced death, I mean, I'd be, I'd be like having, I'd be whipping out like index cards with questions that I had already prepared, just waiting for the next spirit to show up. See, I think it's more than anything because I have such, and it's, it's kind of funny. I have a very, very. Uh, my list of fears goes clowns and death. Uh, mm. <laughs> I, I have a very, um, I guess, irrational, you could say to an extent, fear of dying. When I was younger, and this though, I, plays back into the whole dreamwalker thing that I can do. Um, ever since I was little, I remember every time I would fall asleep, I'd die at the hands of this, like, demonic alien being thing. And die every time in my sleep ever since I can remember five six years old and to the point where I refuse to fall asleep like my mom would have to sit in my bedroom and wait for me to fall asleep at two three o'clock in the morning just from sheer exhaustion not because I actually wanted to I was petrified to fall asleep because I didn't want to die mm. um, and I also have premonitions about people uh, when I was younger it would happen a lot. Like if a family member was about to pass away or something, I could see it happening or somebody getting hurt. Uh, so the seeing my own death one day thing maybe scares the living shit out of me. Yeah. Dying in my sleep finally because this thing has finally gotten the best of me scares the shit out of me. So I kind of don't want to know what's on the other side because the people that I meet on this side seem happy for the most part. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. I I have a very big fear of death. Yeah, um the older I've gotten the less fear I've had I have. When I was younger I was really freaking out about it. Like it would like pop in my head. I'd be driving down the interstate and all of a sudden, oh fuck, I don't wanna die. Like out of nowhere, I just pop up. I'm like what the where the fuck did that come from? I'm like, damn. But yeah, um as I get older though, I don't know. I don't know, I guess maybe I've experienced enough paranormal activity to be convinced that that we retain our consciousness. And I've also talked to like some world-renowned um, physicists. I've talked to some world-renowned physicists about what their take is on life after death. And most of the ones that I've talked to, and I've talked to about a half a dozen. Um, one of them was in our film, Michael Denon, who um, he he's a firm believer, and he has like mathematical equations why he thinks it's true that we do retain our consciousness. When we pass away, we, we yes, because it's all energy. That's yeah, it's what energy. Anybody, exactly. Anybody, it's insane to think that they they can't believe the simplest theory of energy just as Tesla said. Yeah. 
And everything in this world is a frequency, a vibration, or some type of energy. Energy does not get depleted. It is absorbed. It's right. endless. The thoughts that we put out, the things that we think, everything is energy and it's acted mm -hmm. upon. It's the law of the universe. And it's insane to think that there's not a bunch of energy still just trapped here with us and that we don't retain some of that energy still within our own yeah. physical body, but also be able to retain it on this plane. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. All right, I have a few, two or three um, social media questions that people wanted to ask. Um, people are pretty jazzed up about you coming on the show. I had a lot of a lot of people hit me up saying, oh, "I'm so glad you're going to talk to her." Oh, um, so that's cool, man. I was, that I was makes happy. Me happy. Yeah, man, it's a happy for you. It's a true happy. Um, so a couple from the social media fans out there. So this person wanted me to ask you. In your paranormal investigative, um, what do you want to call them? Maybe escapades. What was the one most convincing piece of evidence that you've ever captured? Now, I know you don't like the word evidence. I did learn that about you. But was there any? Was there ever a time where you had your cameras rolling, your digital recorder rolling, and you either saw something, or, or what was the most prolific experience you've had investigating? Well, I was streaming live for the American Ghost Hunter show. Uh, we were in the Bonnie and Clyde Ambush Museum, and we put money on the floor and asked Clyde if he could come. Now, I could see him standing there, and I was like, you want this? And he was like, yeah. And I came up, and he, as I saw him trying to grab it, you see the money moving. Interesting. But like, on camera, you see the money just, it's in the middle of the floor, and I even show that I'm far away enough far away enough from it that it's not me breathing on it it's not anything else there's no air conditioner running through there we turn all the fans off and everything and it's not like a blowing it's a you can see it like come off, off the ground like somebody's trying to pick it up and keeps dropping it because he didn't have enough energy to hmm. and then you could tell when he was starting to get frustrated because it would start getting quicker like why can't I hmm. get this it was insane and this was live for, I don't even remember how many people were watching at that point, but I mean, that was one of the coolest things I've ever caught, because a lot of stuff happens off camera, a lot of stuff happens off camera, but that was, that was one of my favorite things, you just see the money move, because I was like, oh, you guys can see it too, dude. So that's pretty crazy, you know what's wild about that, so like if, so, so, these spirits that you can see, they know they're dead, right, or do they not know they're dead? Some of them don't, and that's why they're still here too. That's why I was asking you because mm -hmm. I, because it would make sense to me if somebody did not know they were dead, why they would get oh, frustrated, yes. you know, why they can't pick something up. But you know what mm -hmm. though? But if I died and then I got stuck here, like 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 the spirits that you're talking about, I, wouldn't it, it wouldn't take me long to figure out I was dead when 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 motherfuckers ain't even paying attention to me and they seen me. And, you know what I mean? Like you know, this like like the movie Ghost of why I love the Patrick Swayze movie. Ghost, yes. because you know he when he died he didn't know what the hell was going on but it didn't take him long to figure it out and then he met that crazy ghost in the subway that taught him how to move stuff yeah and that's actually very true in a lot of lore for ghosts yeah that you can if you focus your energy whether it be anger it has to be a pure energy but you focus that energy on whatever object you want to move and it happens that's just that's exactly why we ask them to pull energy now when we go out on investigations I have 
extra equipment running with batteries that they can drain. Yeah. That way they don't, I'm like, please drain this set, not our recording set, because we're trying yeah. to do documentaries and walk in somewhere that we've just had the stuff charging and we just brought brand new batteries and popped them right in and go out within 10 minutes of us being at the location. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen um, to me. Yes, you can always ask them to harness your energy. That's one thing that I would be very careful about. I always, and this is, I guess, kind of where I have the the advantage, I can kind of tell which energies I should and shouldn't let in. Yeah. Which spirits I should and shouldn't let take parts of my energy or be involved like that. Uh, when you do go into locations, you're like, please use my energy to contact us. Please make sure you're specifying um, if you intend to do no harm. Always state your intentions before you allow these energies and spirits to use your energy freely. Mm. Please always let them know boundaries. Yeah, it's Not great. you. I'm saying it. No, no, I know. You were talking. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree what you're saying. All right. A couple more from the from the social media fan followers, whatever you want to call them. Good people, folks. Um, let me look through these. Okay, here's here's a pretty cool one. Um, what is your approach to to full fledged skeptics? I like that question. How do you deal with that? How do you handle full fledged skeptics? Like you would, well, like I would with anything. I sit back and let the location do its work. <laughs> I don't do anything because to a skeptic, if you, the more you try, the harder you're like, oh, did you hear that? Did you see this? Did you that, this, and the third? The more they're going to be, yeah, maybe not, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like sitting back, especially when I do group tours and public tours, because we have lots of people who are, tons of people who are skeptics coming in, and they have the worst attitudes when they come in, and they're like, yeah. oh, the, the, I've the, experienced the, that too, absolutely. And so, <laughs> I'm like, all right. You, you, you think, wait wait a few minutes, wait a few hours, however long it takes, but by the end of this night, you're either going to leave the tour early or you're going to be a believer. It's going to be there one of go. the two. That's a great way to do it. <laughs> and it's usually they leave early because stuff will get thrown at them while, while absolutely uh-huh. nobody else is around. Like they're just down the hallway with nobody else down there with them getting stuff thrown at them. Um, the audible voices, especially in this asylum, it's insane. There's a little girl who loves to talk, um, and it freaked them out. And these are all usually grown men <laughs> that come in there actively. This isn't real. Nothing's going to happen. And then uh, leave uh, about two, three hours into the tour because they're like, no, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. One more social media question. What is Ashley's top three bucket list locations to investigate? Mm. Number one, Vlad Tepesh's castle. Ah. Most definitely, because I want to sit in that bear pit just with my EVP recorder and my camera for like two days straight. I'm a, of course, I have some snacks and some food and like <laughs> a little sleeping bag, but I want to sit in that bear pit and see what I can find. I, you, uh, pretty much anybody who watches my show or anything knows that I have a crazy weird fascination with morbid history and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> so Vlad Tepesh's castle most definitely number one um, lots of horror lots of tragedy number two would 
have to be my homeland, Guam. Guam. I want to go back home and investigate everything that I witnessed as a child, all of those experiences that I had going back with a different mindset to it and with a goal would just be freaking top-notch to me. I would mm-hmm. love to go back and do that. Um, it's expensive to get out there, though, like super expensive. Like, I might as well go to Fiji if I'm going, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guam's beautiful, though, kind of like Fiji is. And number three, oh, number three, the Winchester House. Oh, because yeah. Sarah Winchester has always had a very special place in my heart because she was so attuned to the spirits and such a friend to them that I definitely want to go and see the playground. She built first spirit friends. Cool. Those are three good ones. Um, you know, one more. Let's do one more because I had like seven or eight, but I picked a couple. But I'm curious to this too. What is your favorite horror or paranormal movie you've ever seen? Hmm. My favorite horror movie would have to be could be like a TV series movie because Rose Red that's a good one I, I've seen the that Stephen too King, yeah, those Stephen are really King good. novel interpretation like that short miniseries they yeah, did that's what I saw it very good yeah very Rose good Rose yeah Rose Red was freaking just uh, not because anything, any Stephen King. I'm about to say anything Stephen King is. I'm, I'm all. It's brought to life yeah. in the right way. Oh man. Yep. Whew, that could be scary and If it had the modern um, technology as far as special effects, it would, be, it would have been even better. But mm-hmm. such an awesome movie with Linda Blair, who I got to meet. I got my, one bucket list off my list. I got to meet Linda <laughs> Blair a couple years ago. And I'm going to be honest with you, a more modern horror movie that, that actually did scare me a little bit was The Conjuring. That that movie got got me pretty good. Uh, and I like the sequel. I like The Conjuring 2 also. Um, I liked them, but I think more than anything because... I just I know that those stories were so exaggerated. But that's anything in Hollywood, yeah, for you know, sure. Yeah, take the natural story and it's yeah. just going to be ramped up. They definitely but, Hollywooded it up. Yeah, I don't know. Those just didn't sit well with me. I did love the Woman in Black. That's a modern one. That, yeah, that, that's a good one too. That had me on my feet. I was yeah. like, Oh, little Harry Potter is haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Ashton Storm, I'm going to let you go in a few minutes. Um, I do want to know if you have any current projects that you're working on that you want to share with the listeners out there. Anything going on besides the show and 
being mama and stuff like that? Oh, so many things. So on October 3rd, we have an event coming up with Darren Marston from Ghost Hunters. Nice. Um, and he will be at the Broken Bow Asylum with us. And we have VIP tickets. We only have about 10 of those left. And we have general admission tickets. VIP tickets get you dinner, a Q&A, meet and greet, photo op, and an investigation with him throughout the night. And nice. these our investigations run much longer than the usual events. Um, so you get quite a bit of time to investigate with him. Uh, and then the general admission ones, it's just an investigation, but you also get the photo op. And, of course, we'll be practicing social distancing. This building's huge. We'll be split into groups of three, and he'll divide his time. We're investigating throughout the group, so it's mm-hmm. even and more personal. Uh, so there are three different areas that we'll be in for that. And then we have the haunted house running all um, October long at the Broken Bill Asylum. I'll be running events there with them through October. So we'll be doing haunted tours for people. Um, those are by reservation only. And then you can actually go online, and we'll be releasing this. You can follow the Broken Bow Asylum page on Facebook for the tickets. We'll be doing the Haunted House, and then we'll also be opening the paintball field in that area, in the backfield next to the asylum. And I will be on Chicks and Spirits on September 28th. And then on Joshua Diaz's show on October 16th, I do believe. Nice. And then on my birthday coming up this Monday, I will have Ken Gerhardt, who is one of my favorite cryptozoologists ever. He has been on literally like every TV show about cryptids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's so fun. He's one of my favorite writers, too, about cryptozoology. He's going to be my special guest nice. for my show on my birthday. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great stuff. Really, really good, good, fun, busy schedule. Um, oh. And we're yep. shooting our documentary at the Old Park Hotel in Ballinger. My team, Profiling Paranormal, will be there in the middle of November to start shooting. That's awesome. I'm glad you threw that in there. That's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot. Yeah, you don't want to forget that. That's great. I can't, I can't wait to help you promote that. You should come. Where's it at? At the Old Park Hotel in Ballinger. Yeah, man. In Texas? Very possible. Just give me some details on that. Yeah, give me the deets on that. That's a that's a real possibility. I need to come back to Texas anyway. It's my old stopping ground. I used to live there. I got some folks still still out there. I want to want to come see. All right. So, what about social media? Where can people follow you on your social media? And if you have any websites or anything you want to plug. Um, from the Unknown Podcast, you can follow that on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, iTunes. Um, Spreaker, basically anywhere you can get a podcast, you can listen to Storm the Unknown. I do have a lot of catching up to do for my <laughs> live shows. Uh, I have done so many since I've had him, but I have not uploaded any of them. So you have a lot of my archives from the very beginning. But um, you can catch the live shows on ParanormalWarehouse.com and on the Paranormal United Network. Now I just started streaming for both. Uh, about two weeks ago, awesome. and then you can follow both of that, both of them on Facebook and on YouTube. And then profoundly paranormal, you can find the Facebook page or the YouTube page. And then we also have a website that you can link to from there. And we also have a profoundly paraware, all of that spooky merchandise that I made that has uh, stuff like I love tacos and ghosts, and I like beers and ghosts. That's and what I'm about. I love. Ghosts and metal, so check it out. It's all up on our website. 
Awesome stuff. Ashley, I had fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast.